This is episode two of the Spinoff Success Podcast with Beth Phillips. Welcome to the Spinoff Success Podcast with Beth Phillips. Join me each week for inspiring stories about people leveraging tools, platforms, systems, and skills to create thriving businesses, successful side hustles, and surprising new careers. Tune in to discover whether you have a hidden spinoff success. Hi, this is Beth Phillips. Today, I'm talking to Jared Easley. Jared is the co-founder of Podcast Movement, which, if you have heard of it, is probably the most important event for podcasters in the world, and I believe it's the first podcast-only conference. So it's uh, approaching its fifth year, and Jared talks a little bit about um, executing that conference and how it sort of spun off from his interest in podcasting and the relationships that he built in this medium. So, um, and we also talk about a few other skills that he could parlay and has parlayed into other successful projects. So take a listen. All right, we are here today with Jared Easley. He is the co-founder of Podcast Movement and a podcaster himself. Um, Jared, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Thank you, Beth, and congratulations on your new show. Thanks. Thanks. I'm super excited about it. Um, So before we get into the details of Podcast Movement, do you mind um, just giving me a little bit of your you know, work background and where you were before you got a little bit ensnared in the uh, world of podcasting <laughs> well I, I i lived in one of those families where you don't stay home after 18 nice. um <laughs> it's yeah i don't even think that was an option I, I don't remember it being an option if it was so i was out of the house you know pretty much right after high school and uh, tried a number of things uh tried college uh, what i thought was falling in love uh, moving across the country for a girl, <laughs> which didn't work out and, uh, found myself, uh, trying to discover what I should be doing. And ultimately that led to me watching Top Gun, which then had me enlist in the Navy, which, uh, maybe that, <laughs> maybe that wasn't the right thing to do, but that's hey. what I did. So, uh, <laughs> ended up in the military and, um, you know, I had some, uh, tough times in the military, but it was also really good structure for me. And when I got out, um, I was very close to my sister growing up and she and her family lived in Orlando. They invited me or encouraged me to, to come down to Orlando and be close to them and figure out what I wanted to do from there. And that's what I did. And, and that ended up being a smart move because I, I got into a career path, uh, which was more of the software implementation project management type of stuff. And I ultimately met my wife, Rachel, who's from South Florida and so after you know a few years of uh, getting to know her, dating her, we got engaged and got married. And so ultimately that led me down to South Florida where I was working in a nine to five and, and doing everything correctly. Mm-hmm. I got laid off from that job right before Christmas of 2013. And that was a that was a frustrating time, Beth, because I had done everything right, right. up to that point. I had played the game so to speak and um, clients loved me and yeah it just uh finances weren't great in the company or whatever was going on and and so 10 people got let go and I was one of them 
And I remember in that moment, it was such a, like, uh, you know, like, I don't want to be in that scenario again if I can help it. I decided to, instead of getting another full-time job, I decided to take a 1099 contracting role that was, you know, somewhat similar to the work I'd already been doing. And that allowed me some flexibility. And from there, I had been listening to podcasts and reading books and learning about business and learning about, you know, different things that are opportunities for people to consider. Um, And so I decided I wanted to test the entrepreneur waters. And I had a series of missteps, Beth, made some bad choices. uh, As we all do. (laughs) Had some, some, you know, things burn me, like, you know, bad partnership and uh, just being a rookie. And and so it was (laughs) – I'd love to pretend that, you know, I figured this stuff out pretty quickly, but I didn't. It took uh, probably about eight years to go from a point where I wanted to try to do something entrepreneurial to January 1st of this year where my business partner, Dan, and I, who you know, Dan uh, Dan Franks, where we've actually gone full-time with the business that we now run. Uh, But that business has been growing and and started five years ago. But it's been about eight years from the point when I was like, hey, I think I want to do something on my own to actually being in that position to do it. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, if I dial back and ask you a a few questions. So from uh, when you moved to Orlando, where where did you grow up? I originally grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, okay. So, so hence the uh, southern accent. <laughs> but I've lived I lived in a lot of different places. I lived in Texas. I've okay. lived in Tennessee and North Carolina and New England and Hawaii even. And, and so. And then how uh, old were you when you got out or when you were uh, got out of the military? When I got out of the military, I believe I was 25. All right. So, so you had some experience and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I know you started your own podcast between the Navy and starting podcast movement. So tell me a little right. bit about, uh, your own podcast. Well, back when iPods were popular, mm-hmm. uh, that's when I really started listening to podcasts and I just really enjoyed the idea of being able to download something and listen to people talk about it. One of the shows that I really enjoyed was, um, the TV show Lost, they, the mm-hmm. pro- executive producers of that show would talk about each episode. And back then, that was like, whoa, you know, that that, that might yeah, be more common sort of now. Like but behind it, the curtain, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it was absolutely. And I, I listened to every episode, and they had inside jokes. Like one joke would be one a guy named Damon and Carlton were their names, and Damon would bust out this fake. Um, uh, uh, not a not a guitar. It was a banjo. I'm sorry. It was a yeah. He busted out a banjo, but it was it wasn't actually him. It was just kind of dubbed over. But it was him <laughs> playing, like pretending like he was playing this banjo. And I know that sounds cheesy, but not at all. Like I, I used to look forward to that every every episode. I was like, this is uh oh, it's the banjo. And it was so random. But so I got hooked on podcasts, and I decided eventually, hey, I think I want to try this myself because at the time I didn't enjoy blogging. Yeah. Uh, I decided talking might be more fun. For for me and it took me a long time to start a podcast Beth because I thought it was going to be really expensive and I thought I wasn't going to be creative enough or I wasn't going to be entertaining enough and that I just had a lot of uh, self-doubt uh, ironically so let me stop you though like back <laughs> yeah. then it, it couldn't have been as easy as it is now there was I mean it had to be a little bit more expensive for equipment there were probably fewer resources online about how to start one 
So I, I give you so much credit for just like finding the resources to figure out how to do it as far back as you did. Well, I appreciate that. It, it, it was as hard as I made it, I guess. <laughs> so, but the point was I could have started much sooner and I delayed and delayed. And I hope that's a takeaway from people, for people listening is, you know, don't, don't delay if you can help it. I mean, be like Beth and, and uh, jump in the deep end and go for it. Oh, no, no, no. So. <laughs> like, I think most of us have been thinking about something we want to do and yeah. take years and years for it to, you know, finally um, happen or something to push you over the edge. So so I'm going to ask you, what do you think pushed you over the edge to finally just, just jump in and start one? So when did Starve the Doubts, um, the, your podcast, officially launch? It, it's been... Hmm. Because I know I've been listening probably since, I want to say, 2014? Yeah. I believe 2013 was when it started. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what, six years now? That's pretty wild to think about that, it actually. It really is. Yeah, you're almost like, uh, you're not a granddaddy, <laughs> but you're a daddy. <laughs> Well, I I know that uh, not everything's been perfect in that process, but I've enjoyed it and I've made a lot of good friends, and that in and of itself was uh, more than worth doing it. So yeah, for sure. And um, so then, once you had this podcast, what made you decide to spin off into a conference? I mean, did you major in uh, you know event planning and podcast conference? planning <laughs> not at all not at all what what happened was uh, a person that i admired and respected had a conference in dallas and i was going to attend that conference i wanted to have a community meetup outside of that conference but i didn't feel like my audience which was pretty new at that time was big enough that i could just go to a different city like dallas mm -hmm. and say hey come hang out with me so what I decided was it might be a better idea to have a co-host, uh, someone who's already in Dallas and maybe has friends and a network already there. So I was listening to a show called Entrepreneur Showdown, and that is hosted or co-hosted by Dan Franks. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I didn't know Dan personally. I had become familiar with his podcast so I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm going to be in town for this conference, and I was thinking about doing a meetup. Would you guys, uh, him and a gentleman named Joe, would, would you like to work together and do a community meetup? And they were up for it. They had never done that either. So we put together a meetup, invited people that we knew. I had some friends in Dallas, and, of course, they invited their network, and we ended up having a nice meetup. It was about 25 people, and to me that was like, wow, this is really cool. We were able to pull this off. <laughs> and we had never met till the night of uh, doing that meetup. So long story short, the meetup led to some other opportunities, uh, led to uh, Dan and I going to another event in Vegas, and, and that's where we got the idea for Podcast Movement. Really? In that short of time, two conferences and one meetup? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, there's a little more to it, but we, we attended an event called New Media Expo. It was right. in Las Vegas, and a majority of the attendees at that particular conference were podcasters, although that conference wasn't focused for podcasting. It was at, it had a, a track that was dedicated to podcasting, but it, mm -hmm. the conference overall is for bloggers and for video people and 
and for podcasting and for a lot of folks, but the majority of the attendees were podcasters. And I remember hearing people say, why isn't there a conference just for podcasters? And at that time, there wasn't anything. There, there's some options now, but there wasn't then. And Dan and I looked at each other and said, this is the market saying what it wants. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we maybe we could be the, the people to try to put that together. And that was a little bit naive, Beth, because we didn't have a large following. We didn't have a, a large connection um, network, so to speak. We had friends that were podcasters, but we didn't have an email list or anything. So we basically decided to try a crowdfunding campaign. And the whole reason for that was to validate the idea. We didn't have money to lose right. on, on trying to create an event that nobody wanted. So we decided if people were serious about a podcasting event, we'll create this crowdfunding campaign. And if it's supported, then that'll be enough validation to continue. We reached out to friends and said, hey, this is what we're doing. Will you help us? Will you speak at it? Will you share it with your network? Will you support it? And yeah, we, we put together a campaign. We're saying hopefully we could raise at least $10,000 and maybe that would be enough to have a small, you know, little, little event. Local meetup. <laughs> that's, I mean, really, that's, we, weren't, we weren't thinking too that's big crazy. at that time. We raised $10,000 in the first day of that. <laughs> that, was, that was on Valentine's Day. I'll never forget it. Uh, and I, it just, I remember it, too. I remember when you announced it. It just blew my mind that yeah. that happened. And then you fast forward uh, the 30 days, we got over three times what we needed for that crowdfunding campaign. So then it was off to the races, just asking questions, uh, getting feedback from people we knew and um, a lot of trial by fire. And just a few months after that, we put on our first event. It wasn't perfect, (laughs) but uh, it was about three times larger than we thought the original event or were hoping that would be. So we had over 600 people at that first event. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it was just okay, let's let's keep doing this. And you know, that sounds like a happy story, but there was a couple years in the beginning there where we we worked full-time jobs, we had yeah. family responsibilities and made absolutely nothing or lost money. Yeah. Uh, trying to figure this out. And yeah. so while it was kind of this sounds like this success story, it was <laughs> well, it was it a is, lot it's, of it's a lot five of learning. years at this point in the making, but yeah. I'm I'm going to dial back and take you back because, you know, I'm totally challenging you that like you kind of um, gloss over the fact that you did a Kickstarter, which I don't think you um, appreciate how intimidating even that step is for people because it's an unfamiliar platform. People aren't sure like what the um, setup is, what the ramifications tax wise are. Um, there are a lot of considerations, so I'm giving you credit for that. Um, and so, you know, you have expertise in that right now because you (laughs) did a really successful one. You marketed it because I had never heard of you before, uh, you guys launched it. I had never heard of your podcast. Somehow I heard of this. So you successfully marketed this Kickstarter. I contributed to it, even though I didn't have a podcast. Um, I loved podcasts so I didn't know and I bought a ticket couldn't attend I bought a ticket for the next year couldn't attend and I didn't care I just was so so there's something to be said for that so as many um, you know bumps you guys learned and executed really well over these past five years so I just want to give you credit for that 
Well, thank you. And I, I wouldn't dare assume that, you know, this is all on me. Dan, my business partner, he was relentless and, uh, I got to really give a lot of credit to him too. So, but yeah, thank you, Beth. I mean, you've been a big supporter and, and yeah. it couldn't have happened without a lot of folks just uh, believing in it. And, you Let know, me I don't, ask you, um, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but you know what, did. how do you continue to justify it to your respective families when it's thankless, there is no money coming in. It takes so much time away from your growing families. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to justify it? You know, practically speaking. Late nights, uh, there was a lot of conversations. Uh, is this worth it? And I would always make sure to bring my wife and my daughter to the events. Uh, so even when they weren't uh, providing for us, they could see that this was not a, a foolish oh, endeavor. Cool. There was, you know, there was people. Actual that, people behind it who believed in it. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because so I, I have seen those pictures, too. <laughs> Yeah, to let to let my wife see that, and and even uh, my mother in law let her come and, and experience it, and to see for themselves. Hey, there's there's you know, really awesome things that are happening, and it's not a foolish um, pie in the sky dream. Like there is something here. We just need to continue to be wise about how we go about it. Yeah. And um, you know that that helped. Uh, so when it was kind of those difficult seasons, they'd be able to see those uh, groups of people at the event and. It was a little bit of a reassurance. But, yeah, that, that was a tough time, Beth, because sometimes you got to be the only one to <laughs> believe in yourself when other people aren't sure. Because it is kind of funny when, when things aren't, like, perfect and you're not doing great. A lot of folks will write you off as, oh, this person's crazy or this person's making a bad decision. But when you are successful or you do have something that works, then all of a sudden you're a genius. <laughs> so right. you can't, you can't right. have Nobody it both sees ways. The, like yeah. the behind the scenes. But you know what I have? To, the other thing I kind of remember about it in, in the early days is you guys got some super big names. Like I think Pat Flynn was at the first one, Jeff Brown, Serene Rao. I mean, I can't remember. And then like the second and third one, Mark Marin and um, yeah. how was that just relentless contact and putting out your feelers and um, how did you do that? The the first year it was really just begging <laughs> and uh, just people were gracious and we had a rapport with some of the folks that you named. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, connected with them. We'd had them guest as guests on podcast episodes and in some cases I had actually worked with those folks, uh, setting up meetups for them at other conferences. And so there was a rapport that was already there. It wasn't like a, a cold ask. Um, there was a lot of, um, connection prior to getting to that point. And then the, the following year, you mentioned Mark Marin. Um, the story behind that is we had been advertising that particular year on Facebook and Glenn Beck saw, our ad and he is based in Dallas Fort Worth. And so he had reached out to us about speaking at podcast movement. And at the time we thought, well, that, that could be a good idea. Even though he's controversial to some, there's a lot that could, you know, be learned from someone who's left a major, uh, network and then gone and created something, you know, like the blaze online. And and I'm sure podcasters could learn from that. That was our mindset. So we announced, Glenn Beck. And we thought that was a big deal. Like, here's a, a big name. And a lot of people were not happy with with us for doing that. Yeah, you got so um, much backlash. Yeah, there was actually a lot of backlash. And, and so we had to navigate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
what ultimately happened is Glenn Beck had some type of illness. I don't remember. It was uh, maybe it was something to do with his vocal cords, or I don't remember exactly what it was. But he he ended up having to drop out, and it was maybe less than a month before the event. Yeah, I kind of remember. So it that. was so it was kind of like, uh oh, you know, we need to um, fill the void. Yeah, and we could have easily said, okay, well, we've crunched the numbers, and you know, we're just not in a position to you know pay someone big to come in and do this and. Dan and I agreed, you know, let's let's really try to swing for the fences here. Let's set a good reputation for the event. Let's try to get someone that people will know. And and Mark Marin had just interviewed President Obama right. in his garage. <laughs> and that was a that was a big story for podcasters and so we we were able to figure out a way to get in touch with his people and and did some negotiations and awesome. we had to yeah, we had to make a big decision, and we decided that hey, let's, you know, that that, you know, is a, an uncomfortable number, but let's let's try to figure that out, and we we just went for it, and um, I think awesome. now in retrospect that was the right decision, even though it was a difficult decision because it, it kind of set the tone uh, for future events. Like people believed that hey, oh, this yeah, is the a credibility of the whole event. Yeah, and that was a big sacrifice for us that year. Uh, so much so that when we did the math at the end of that event, we were 40,000 in the hole and I'll never forget that. That was a very stressful time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that was a costly decision, but we survived it. And, um, yeah, just had some, some mountains and some valleys in that time. Right. Let uh, me but, ask you about one of what I consider another of your, um, spinoff talents is you host a lot of meetups and workshops locally and then you'll travel for them is that is that is that accurate we usually try to lump it in with something that we're already doing so um, it's never just to do it it's usually more strategic than that so last week we attended an event in san diego and because we're going to be there anyway we decided hey let's let's try to have a community meetup Okay. And so that that's usually what we do. But so do if you we know host, like a local meetup where where you are in South Florida pretty regularly? I, I have in the past mm-hmm. and I don't currently do it, Beth. And the main reason for that is the bandwidth. I just uh, it was becoming uh, yeah, a successful meetup then. and it was growing and it was uh, but it was just a, a labor of love. It was kind of like a podcast. It was just something I was doing for free just yeah. to try to get the local folks together and um, that became just too much on top of everything else and, you know, family and podcast movement and day sure. job stuff. Yeah, but I, it, is, I, I, it is a skill nonetheless to have, you know, successfully done that and and then said, you know, this isn't, you know, worth the sacrifice and I got to, you know, sort of weigh my, my uh, benefits versus, um, you know – drawbacks yeah I, I had i had a couple of people kind of raise their hand saying here let me run this but the mm-hmm. people that were raising their hand were folks that were trying to uh use that group to their business advantage right. rather than just uh trying to uh foster a community yeah so it ended up dying and i, I you know that that part was kind of sad but at the same time i realized now we're gonna, you know move forward here and you know we have a we had a good um uh, a good meetup that people connected and those friendships are still there. And That's awesome. uh, at some point, maybe someone else comes along and starts another meetup and, you know, I'll be happy to support it, but yeah, I don't, I don't regret it. You know, I did what I could. Okay. And I am the beneficiary of, uh, I'm a huge reader 
and I've read both of the books that you published. So I'm really interested to ask, this is another spinoff skill that you have. Um, are you working on any uh, publishing projects currently? Not currently. I've had a dozen ideas for publishing projects, but um, I've agreed with Dan to be really laser focused on podcast yeah, movement right it now. Does. It does take so much you know, so once, yeah, once we kind of get, you know, in a, I won't say better position, but you know, we're, we've got a few more systems in place and things. I probably will attempt to tackle another, um, another book, but yeah, for right now I've decided I'm going to deliberately wait and yeah, I, I get the itch every now and then to start typing. I, I, I'm not preventing myself, but I'm also, I, I'm still doing writing. Like we have a weekly newsletter and I, I usually write those rough, rough drafts and, um, you know, we, we just did this, you and Dan, or uh, well, I, I'll do the rough draft and Dan usually puts his, uh, blessing on it. So to you speak, guys are a good team. this is it. Yeah. Your, yeah, your uh, newsletters oh, yeah, or at least what I got through the challenge are really excellent. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's another example. So the, the challenge we did, you know, 28 emails there and, and, you know, maybe they're not perfect, but that was an exercise of, of sitting down and thinking, how do we disseminate this information and, and in a way that's not going to overwhelm people and try to make it simple. And I felt like it did a reasonable job at that, at you least for, did, for the first You round. did an excellent job. I, I was really um, surprised and impressed at how um, specific, actionable, and um, organized it was. I, it, it was very clear that you guys um, really thought about each of the steps and maybe decided to de-emphasize certain things just for the sake of um, – completion and I, right. I i cannot emphasize how impressed i was by <laughs> each you. of those emails they were entertaining informative actionable they had like really relevant links so you guys did a great job with that and that that in itself that content is gold and i hope you <laughs> you guys do something with it i think i've told you well, both that yeah, Dan and I were talking last week in San Diego, and we're like, hey, we're very pleased with the 28-day the challenge, and we're going to continue it. Um, so right now, we're still debating on exactly how that's going to roll out, but yeah. we are going to plan to do it again. Uh, and you know, you, it, we, you we really feel like should. it's definitely something that's helping people, and that's worth it. Yeah, so I, I've, I think I've um, probably bothered you about three or four of your spinoff uh, skills and successes. <laughs> do you have anything in the works that, uh, might surprise us or any skills that you think um, particularly have have helped you um, make these things a success? I think attempting to, um, <laughs> as silly as it sounds, just be kind to people, be patient, uh, be friendly. I think that really goes a long way. Uh, sometimes that doesn't scale or people will think that doesn't scale. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be kind or, or take time to connect. And so I try to do that. And I'm not perfect at it, but I, I think that has really been a blessing and something that's helped us grow is, is always attempting to try to uh, foster relationships and, um, you know, be meaning, you know, have those meaningful interactions. And that's why we do the meetups. That's why yeah. we, you know, try to go to these different events. That's why we try to, you know, have things like the 28 day challenge. And, uh, we do that because we want to generously connect and, you know, in our own way, show people that, you know, we're trying to, to 
have a good community and, and do things that benefit a group of people. And, and yeah, so, you know, and it's not always that one-on-one coffee. It's sometimes it's, it's a meetup like we talked about, but you know, doing that is better than nothing. So, well, you know what I think, um, and I can sort of speak for myself because I really have, um, just been introduced to you I was five like five years ago just from this project that you were doing and your graciousness and your generosity is really compounding um it's very genuine and I you know that it's really intangible but it it, I, I do think that it compounds and pays off in ways that you don't expect um so I actually have a list of all the skills that I think that you have successfully spun off, if you don't mind if I read them. <laughs> Before you say that, I'm going to tell you, I've also dealt with bitterness and frustration and a number of other qualities that aren't wonderful. So. Oh, yeah, but that's, that's part <laughs> we'll of it. make sure that people understand that. Oh, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that you, you do, but um, so um, do you mind if I read this list? Yeah, I'm okay, curious. Okay, so because I'm hoping to, if somebody says, oh, I could do that, that it inspires them to do something. And I think you've really um, just executed so well on whatever skills that y- you have learned, either in the military or through podcasting or through connecting. So you have uh, learned how to successful- successfully start a Kickstarter uh, how to run an event, how to um, connect with people, how to communicate, how to write a book, how to uh, just the continuous um, publication of your podcast is super impressive. I mean, what has it been, five years? Yep. That's crazy. Um, you consult. We didn't even get into that. I, I have heard you on other podcasts talking about your consulting business you're a successful meetup host a workshop host social media influencer internet marketer public speaker you're great at interviewing you're great at listening you're great at communication not to mention all the software and platforms that you successfully leverage you're very impressive well thank you Beth. I am humbled. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, and I cannot wait. I I hope I meet you in Philadelphia. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's going to happen for sure. Yep. Yep. Well, thanks for everything, Jared, and, uh, you know, we'll connect soon. Yeah, and I'm proud of you. This is a big step, and I'm excited for your show. So, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for you. I hope you continue to do well with it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much to Jared for giving us some inside scoop on what it takes to pull off a uh, super successful conference. You can connect with Jared on Twitter. He's pretty active on Twitter and really uh, is um, intentional about reaching out. You can find him at Jared Easley. Also, um, if you want to follow what Podcast Movement is doing, you can. They, they it has its own. Twitter handle at podcast movement. You can also find out more information about the conference 
at um, podcastmovement.com. And I encourage you also to listen to Jared's podcast called Star of the Doubts. You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. I have some cool guests lined up in the next couple of weeks. So if you don't want to miss them, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. I'll see you next time.